Blog Talk Radio. This is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand. And last week we were out sick, so we had to reschedule Mr. Charles here, his Dr. Charles. And we're going to do our best we can with our voice. <laughs> ah, nasty stuff going around. And here I am in Arizona. I have no no excuse. But here I am. And I'm still here. Thank the Lord. Since we're back again, and even with the 105 temperature last week, I'm still here. I'm still here and kicking, guys. Not going to get rid of me that quickly. <laughs> so let's do an introduction but first I want to talk briefly really fast about what's going on this weekend well we got the amazing Arizona Comic Con this weekend and we got a wonderful party going on on Saturday night that's going to be uh, in con- conjunction with the Leprechaun Corporation their Leprechaun is going to be in May and we're going to have a party so, won't that be a thrill? We're just so excited to have our first party at a at a major convention, and uh, we're we're uh, you know it's a free party, guys. So, what more do you need to know? Uh, it's going to be at the Renaissance Hotel, and the room is going to be fourteen oh four. And uh, seriously, I mean, it's a free party. Come out out and see the charity sword that uh, we've been developing with all the uh, wonderful artists who have been drawing on it, and. Uh, that's going to be up for auction at Leprechaun. And so you guys get to see uh, see the sword in person and see all the different signatures and beautiful artwork that they've been, they've been uh, including. And uh, for more information on that, you know, you know how, where to find me on Facebook. Find me on Facebook, and of course I've got a, an event page right on the WAD newspaper. So take a look at the WAD and find... Uh, the event page, and sign up. Come on out. Have some fun. So, Dr. Charles Taylor is an interesting guy. He's got a a wonderful book. Um, He's written before. He's done some other writing and speaking. He's a speaker and a uh, diversity expert. He's currently professor of school education at Midwestern College. Although he's written and edited over 10 of the books, this is his first novel. Chuck has also written a full-length children's musical. Isn't that interesting? So he's an all-around guy. And we love those kind of people. So please visit his information. Of course, Dr. Charles Taylor. And we've got Dr. Charles on the line. Good doctor, are you, doing, are you there? <laughs> Can you hear me, Patty? Yeah, I'm here. I hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Loud well, that would be amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, we I got sick last week, and I apologize. I had to suddenly pull the plug on you really fast. Uh, no problem. As it, as it was that Wednesday night, I wound up in the hospital. So, uh, I good good excuse for uh, having pulled the plug. Uh, at least for that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty good excuse. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I'm getting better. Uh, here I am in Arizona, and you would think that nobody gets sick in Arizona. 
but that's just that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have snow, well, but uh, we've got other things. Yeah, I'm sure the weather is much better there than it is here. Oh yeah, where are you at now? I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And I, I see, you know, I have a lot of family in Ohio, and we were just on the line with them last night. They wanted to know how I was doing, and 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 they said, you know, I didn't have an excuse. I don't have snow there. <laughs> and yeah, I, I said, well, good good thing, good thing I don't have snow here. That'd be even worse. <laughs> that's true. There's not only snow here, but it's about oh, at least four or five below, and then with the windshield, about ten to fifteen below. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. I, I don't think I've well, ever had a winter like that in Ohio when I was there. Yeah. Well, the good news, last week I was in Hawaii at an international conference, oh. so at least I got a, a chance to get away for a few days. Yeah, that's like that's like night and day, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. It was absolutely wonderful in, in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Hawaii, so there you go. Um, yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd love it. Oh, I probably would. I probably yeah. would. Uh, tropical weather, it definitely suits me better. But, um, uh, but I've been here for quite a long time, uh, since I was nine, so I'm kind of used to Arizona. Yeah. But actually, then again... Actually, I would. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm saying that, that we make up for the 110 temperature in the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I worked worked briefly just for a semester at Arizona State many, many years ago in Tempe, so uh, I... Yeah. I I remember the heat very well. Yeah, you're in my neighborhood. You were in my neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. So I was reading some of your some of your information, and of course, let everybody know kind of a little bit about you. And obviously, they now know where you're at right now. And this is where you're from, correct? No, I'm originally from Missouri. And I've, okay. But I've been in Wisconsin for about the last 35 years, so this is this is home now. But Missouri is where I was uh, raised and, and born. And you're a, co- you're a college professor, so tell us about that. Yeah, I, I work in the School of Education. It's a, a small private Catholic institution, liberal arts institution in Madison, Wisconsin. It's called uh, Edgewood uh, College, and I teach in the uh, doctoral program, uh, helping students oh. get their doctorate degrees. And I teach classes like uh, leadership, research, uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, and classes like that. So you're used to writing nonfiction. You write articles and things like that on yeah. your subject matter. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm used to writing scholarly articles or, or, or books about some aspect uh, that, that deals with uh, my research interests. Uh, but for many, many years, I've, I've worked in the area of student services, and that's what inspired this this novel. Uh, my work with college students and their idealism and belief that they can tackle our deep-seated uh, racial challenges, and and so out of that experience um, was, uh, came the idea for this novel. Yeah, college students seem to you know kind of like high school where they have a lot of energy, and you know they they think they can take on the world, and that's a, that's a terrific place to be around you, those kind of kids. Absolutely. And, and I used to take white students and students of color on weekend retreats. And on it was from Friday to Sunday. And on Friday, students were questioning why in the heck did they put themselves through this experience. But by Sunday, nobody wanted to leave. 
And because there's a, a whole transformation that takes place over that two or three day period, and I put together some structured activities and and uh, and, and strategies to help students uh, really be candid with each other and have what I call authentic communication. And once that happens, then uh, it lays the groundwork for trust. And once there's trust, then students will begin to share information. And 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 again, that sort of was uh, the, the backdrop to this to this novel, getting students to to look beyond themselves uh, and uh, try to solve a, 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 a racial incident that occurred on campus. Okay, so we, we are talking about uh, something that had happened, a historical fact that you simply used for, that you used for the novel. And, and, of course, obviously, you need to do some changes to it in order to make it more mysterious, uh, you know, the mystery yeah. involved in it. Yeah. And just to, just to give the, the, the listeners a, a backdrop, it, it, it happened on a, a, on a cool autumn evening. Uh, the campus where it takes place is called Lakeside University, and they were shaken to uh, uh, their core by a cross burning on the front line of, of two black students. And one of the black students, her name is uh, Gloria, and prior to this incident, she had what I would call a somewhat n- a narrow system of beliefs that uh, to be a successful black student on a predominantly white campus meant keeping a low profile and working extra hard to prove oneself. There's nothing wrong with that. But her, her views changed dramatically when the, the cross-burning, because it challenged all of her assumptions about how to navigate life at predominantly white institutions and who to trust and who not to trust. And she had this very strong belief in fair play, but it was shattered when campus officials called the cross-burning a harmless plank. And what, what that did was sort of galvanize the students, both white students and black students, and they came to her, her, her rescue, so to speak. But the campus administration, what they did was they devised a divide and conquer scheme between the blacks and white students because they didn't want them to find out the real cause of the cross burning. And what this did is it led to quite a bit of tension on, on campus to the point where they thought there was going to be some kind of racial explosion. And so campus administrators had to find a way out of this mess. And so that's when they called in uh, a national expert called Dr. Wendell Oliver. And so that's sort of the backdrop to uh, the the racial incident. Wow. Have you ever been involved in something similar to this kind of incident? You know, over, over my career I've been involved in all kinds of things. And and actually, uh, when I was five years old growing up in Missouri, there was a, a cross burned at the uh, top of our street. And so that, that sort of uh, hit back home. Uh, but what I guess one, one of the messages of, of the, the novel is that uh, in, in order for us to move past this uh, racial morass that we're, that we're in, we've got to find a way uh, to have some honest communication and some honest dialogue. And what students uncovered uh, during this process is that once that happened, you know, then they were able to share information and sort of piece together this puzzle, and they were able to solve uh, the real causes of the, of the cross-burning. And it was more than just a racial incident. There was something equally as sinister that uh, sort of was... Uh, that, that caused this, this problem and, and that led to this cover-up. 
Wow. It, it does usually uh, stem from something uh, the more. It's more than just racial issues. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I totally agree with you, and and that there's got to be some other meanings behind. And it, you know, sometimes when one person gets something started, <laughs> um, other people kind of jump on the bandwagon and help and and you know, uh, go along with it. When you know, even if they think it's wrong, uh, they should stand up for themselves and 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 say no, this isn't right. You need to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, and that's what happens with some of the characters in there. They. Uh, some of the characters knew all along who was responsible for the cross-burning, uh, but the, the people who were responsible for the cross-burning held something over their head. So instead of standing on principle, they had to protect their own interests. But the beauty of uh, Dr. Wendell Oliver, when he takes these feuding black and white students on this weekend retreat, uh, he gets them to... Uh, half of their free time has to be spent with someone of a different uh, racial group. So he forces them to interact. And then through that interaction, you know, they begin to share stories and they find out all the things that they have in common. Um, and then they, again, they, get, they begin to sort of piece together what occurred around this racial incident. Why is the campus administration uh, protecting something that they normally would be out front about saying that we don't want to have any part of any racism on this campus because it will affect recruitment, it will affect fundraising, it will affect a whole bunch of things. Right. And so right. why, why would the campus cover up this incident? And so once they, uh, Dr. Oliver gets students to, to begin to trust each other, then that's what makes the whole retreat, which takes up about uh, uh, two-thirds of the book, it makes it very uh, interesting as you see students uh, sort of uh, begin to drop their guard and uh, begin to unravel this puzzle. That's awesome. That's, that's terrific. Um, so you've never written anything like this before. Do you have any plans of writing something about this kind of uh, situation again? Well, right, right now I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with uh, the response that the novel is getting because uh, many educators are saying that uh, the novel is a great way uh, to uh, discuss uh, racial incidents on campus, hate crimes, uh, discrimination, privilege. Uh, the novel is an excellent forum, and so it, it allows students to feel comfortable because they're, they're looking at an, an, an incident that could occur on their campus, and uh, it, it allows them to explore how would they handle such an incident. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased w with that. Um, my challenge is is that uh, most of my books are, are nonfiction, and so uh, most of my uh, speaking engagements and, and visits around the country or around those other books. Uh, but I really, I, I, I'm, I was inspired myself by this novel and, and the reaction. I had my college students uh, read it, and these are doctoral students, and and, and, and the reviews and, and the impact the novel has made on them uh, leads me to believe that maybe I should uh, write another, at least a sequel or something. I, I have advised other authors, you know, fiction authors, that if they put a nonfiction in front of their fiction or vice versa, do a, if they're nonfiction, write something fiction, um, that it, it's, take, it's easier to take. 
in fiction format. Yeah. Your message your messages are still there. Yeah. It's just it's just covered up by saying it's a novel or a novelized story. But yeah. It's still it's still relevant, very relevant. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's what I what I found and, and matter of fact, uh the book is entertaining to read, but like you said, it has a, a deep and profound message. Uh, but it doesn't preach. It, it, it's still a mystery thriller. And so people still are, are, are wondering, you know, how is this plot going to end? And almost everybody is surprised at how the plot ends. Uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's more than just racism, and there's, there's something else sinister that's going on. I, I don't want to give it away, but uh, it, it's that type of suspense that uh, keeps people engaged in the book. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And does uh, yeah, like I said, it does, it does uh, you know make the message go down on the easier pill when it's done in fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and students are they can you know they're 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 more relaxed about it too because they they they're they're thinking it's fiction. But the surprising thing is, is when I had my students uh, write a reflection paper uh, on the novel, almost to a person, they 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 say that they can identify with these characters. And then I asked them to identify uh, which is, is the, the character that had the most impact uh, on, on, on their reading and which character showed the most leadership. And if an incident like this occurred on your campus, uh, what is it about the novel that would give you information to handle it? And so there are many, many lessons that are embedded in the novel, but it's, it's told uh, through a story and through backstories and through people's uh, experiences so that, again, it doesn't preach at you, but you, you, you feel the message. Yeah, and that, that's a perfect way to do it. Uh, so the question here is I'm going to get into some things. Obviously, this is a good time to, to discuss this kind of book and, and, and the issues that, that surround it because of yesterday being Martin Luther King holiday. Yes. Um, well, what did you do yesterday, by the way? <laughs> I, I, uh, in, in Madison, they uh, they have a, a number of uh, events for Dr. Martin Luther King, and so uh, at our state capitol, we have one of the oldest uh, celebrations in the country, and so I I uh, was privileged to, to be a part of that, um, and and then a good friend of mine, actually two friends of mine, won uh, the Martin Luther King Award, and so I was uh, able to congratulate them on on that as well. So, and and then I. On my web on my website, I posted uh, Dr. King's uh, speech, and I encouraged all my uh, readers uh, to go out and make it a day of service. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I always do is, is get on the person's website and uh, find out a little more about them. And uh, you've got a lot of a lot of good information. Of course, being a teacher, I would think that I, I wouldn't expect anything less from you. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a lot of work, put it that way. But but I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Now we, I know that for my blog, you had written about historical research because that's something I had been specifically asked you to write about. You want to talk okay. a little bit about what you went through um, in order to novelize the story? Sure. Uh, one of the things that I would I would urge any any aspiring writer or, or even any experienced writer is to have a, a great relationship with a librarian, uh, local or, or national or in the Library of Congress, because they will save you 
lots and lots of times. They'll give you valuable tips. Uh, they'll email you information. And so I have a, a, a great relationship uh, with, with with librarian. But if you're if you're if your novel is based on historical facts, it's best to, to get uh, uh, what's called primary uh, sources. And those, and, and those are just essentially the, the sources that are closest uh, to the story. They can be newspaper articles, interviews, diaries, uh, museum artifacts, any, any, anything that uh, puts you right into mm -hmm. that time period that you're writing about. Um, and there, there are a lot of good reference works. Uh, you can just Google how to, to, to do historical fiction and, and, and that type of thing. So they're excellent resources. Uh, but the important thing is that you want to make sure that whatever period that you're writing about, that the information is, is pretty accurate. Uh, you wouldn't want to do a, a, a story uh, on, on the slave experience uh, you know, based on the, the, the 21st century. So you, you want to make sure that the, the, the costumes that you're writing about, the clothes, uh, and those kinds of things are applicable to the period that you're writing about. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, those so, things uh, happen. <laughs> Sorry about that phone in the background. That's okay. That's okay. Those things happen. So yeah, so uh, you <clears throat> so you did quite a bit of research uh, before. Obviously, again, time period. Uh, before and I get yeah. absolutely right. I mean, everything. You're talking details. You know, um, the houses. You know, the the uh, moldings and things like that, and <coughs> what you would find in the houses and and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And of course, the and, costume. Right. And if, if you most 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 uh, states have state historical societies, and 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 the, and the, I've found that the, the the staffs there are very friendly. They're very eager to help uh, authors, and almost any period that you can think of, whether it's antiquity, whether it's the 17th century, whatever, uh, there, there is absolutely uh, excellent information on that. I, I wrote a book um, on uh, uh, the Juneteenth um, uh, holiday, and I was looking for um, uh, an authentic buggy because back in those days when they had Juneteenth celebrations in the South, they had these wonderful parades and they would uh, have these horse uh, uh, buggies, and they would put these beautiful flowers and decorations all over them. And I'd heard about that, but I'd never seen one. And I wanted them to find an authentic one. And so I, I talked to the Texas Institute of Cultures, and they had these beautiful pictures, historical pictures, uh, that they sent me. Um, and so uh, just about anything that you want these days, you can find. And like I said, there's just tons of resources uh, that you can Google, and and, uh, and then you can ask your librarian uh, to to assist as well. And it looks like what you did was uh, you kind of you had a scene, and then you kind of went back when, back in time a little bit to see something that happened previously. Did yeah. you do that? Did you do that quite a bit in your book? I, I, I not so much in the novel, but in my nonfiction books, that's that's when that historical research uh, mainly occurs. Uh, my novel. Uh, uh, took place uh, actually recently on a college campus, uh, and but it's based on the experience that that I've had. Uh, I like I said, I, I used to take college students on on retreats, and I watched the transformation that that that, that would take place uh, with these young people. And many of the characters in my book 
or based on college students that I've met uh, over over the years. Um, and uh, when I was uh, telling the story, when I was uh, uh, putting together the plot, I could picture some of those students uh, in my mind and and some of the uh, activities that occurred during some of the retreats uh, that I took students on. Almost every retreat that, that I uh, facilitated, I learned something not only about the students uh, that I was hosting, but uh, I learned a lot uh, about myself as well. Yeah, that is amazing, isn't it? Sometimes it, it's you, you learn something from others, and here, you're supposed to be the teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, that's the beauty of, 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 of teaching and learning, and, and uh, over time, uh, I think most teachers will tell you they learn just as much from their students as, as yeah. the knowledge that they, they try to impart. Yeah, I have heard that a lot. So <laughs> uh, no, that's is is is. I'm going to ask a specific question. Do you think that sure. this kind of uh, racial diversity happens? Uh, just as relevant now as it was in the 60s, or you think it's gotten better, uh, or is it just that when it happens now, we're kind of shocked by it? Well, it, in some cases, it's gotten, it, as a society, clearly we've we've gone forward. We've made some progress. I mean, we, we, we elected uh, our, our first black president. On, on the other hand, we still got a long ways to go, and, and, and that's more than just a cliche because uh, – there are some very serious issues that if we could put aside our racial differences, you know, perhaps we could solve, whether it's employment, whether it's health care for everybody, whether it's equal educational opportunity, whether we can reduce the cost of college. There are a lot of things that we could unite around that have nothing to do with race but more to do with class. Uh, and I and I think that while race is still a very critical uh, uh, issue, that there are some things that that could unite us. Uh, but I I talk with a, a farmer and especially in Wisconsin, and they they tell you how they measure their 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 progress is that they move the stakes in the field so they know, they know where they they plow, and. When you look at racial relations in this country, certainly we've been able to move the stakes. But if you look at the problems that we're still facing, uh, we've got some real challenges uh, that we've got to deal with in this country. And yeah, I think sometimes we like to uh, sweep them under the rug, so to speak. And uh, and that's yeah. not any that's not any way to you know confront these things. I can say that I think everyone has been touched by some kind of racial issues. Absolutely. Yeah, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, and, and that's what I like about the novel because uh, it allows people to discuss these racial incidents uh, and it allows them to see how other people's lives are affected and what it means to be the victim, what it means to be the perpetrator, and what it means to work together to bring some kind of resolution. 
And I think that, that is really, really the value because when students start reading this novel, they don't know, they, they see a lot of twists and turns and they don't know how it's going to come out. But uh, when I read their reflection papers, uh, they're, they're really inspired by how the issues were dealt with in the novel and how, regardless of your ethnicity, there was a, a, a place for you in the novel uh, and a message for you in the novel that you had a responsibility uh, to help resolve some of these issues in the, in the society. Yeah, that's and again, yeah, like you said, it really does touch everybody's lives, and so you would think we would want to resolve that. <laughs> yeah, and and I, and I and I think that the book serves as a as a great reminder that although people might not realize the impact of their actions, that they have a deep and lasting effect on others, and that we've got to consider. Uh, the feeling of others and everything that we do and how it may uh, impact uh, uh, people. And while we can't ignore our differences, they, they need to be acknowledged and appreciated. As one, one of the characters in the book uh, uh, said, you can, you can preach a greater sermon with your life than with your lips. And I think that's an important message. Now, I see that you have a lot of resources on your on your website, uh, yeah. especially if you're helping uh, you know students who want to go further uh, with their accreditation and uh, finding that uh, there's a lot more kids, a lot more kids that go to college. Uh, I happen to have a 19 year old myself. He's going to college. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. See, a lot of his friends, though, don't go to college or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the thing is that I think that it's important, especially depending on what they want to do in life, and gives them a chance to yeah. find themselves. Absolutely. And, and I, would, I, I strongly uh, urge people to, to, to go to, to, to college, even those who are undecided about what they want to do with the rest of their life, because the beauty of college, it, it allows you the opportunity to explore a lot of different careers, a lot of different fields, a lot of different opportunities, and interact literally with people from all over the world. And so through that exposure, you know, you you may find your voice, you may find your calling. Uh, So I I clearly uh, encourage young people to go to college. Um, On my website, I offer a a resource center uh, that helps colleges throughout the country uh, deal with issues of diversity and inclusion, and so they can they can go there uh, and, and find information. I have uh, a store where they can look at all my my uh, books, uh, and they can find something that will help them solve a particular problem or issue on campus. And then I have, I, uh, have a regular dialogue with people from around the country. It's called "What's Your Challenge," and they will write me a. Uh, a question or pose a challenge to me about diversity, and I will answer it, and then people can respond to it, and we'll, we'll create a dialogue along those those lines. Uh, one one uh, issue that we're working on right now is that I've been asked to write a guest blog on what would you tell parents who are sending their kids off to college about diversity, and I've uh, talked to people around the country to, to send me your ideas, and let's try to draft a a model letter that we could give to parents. So that's a project that we're we're currently working on. 
Yeah, matter of fact, um, uh, since you're discussing this, um, an incident happened when he was in, he was in college uh, last year in Texas. Uh, it was a, not going to say too much about it, it was a junior college. And one semester he had, uh, he had a shooting. Mm-hmm. And then the next semester, the second semester, he had a multiple stabbing. And apparently it was based on, on that uh, it was a racial, or Dave thought it was a racial situation. Uh, so it was pretty much after that, I said, okay, it's, you know, it was in the building that he was in. Um, 14 kids got stabbed. So, you know, he said, yes, <laughs> these things do touch everybody. And, yeah. And yeah. fortunately, those kinds of incidents are, are rare. Uh, and, and Thank goodness. <laughs> Yeah, and it's an atypical of a college experience. But, you know, those kind of incidents are, are, are one, in, one in a thousand, and they shouldn't happen. But when they do happen, it's the responsibility of the uh, college administrators and campus to make sure that students get the support that they need to deal with that incident. And so that they, they have what's called teach-ins, that they look at that issue from all kinds of perspective and so that they uh, have a clear understanding of what happened uh, put all the facts on the table so that there aren't a lot of rumors and misinformation and so that all students can uh, ultimately end up feeling safe on that campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope that. Um, I hope that they didn't lose a whole, a whole lot of students. I do know that after that, is it okay? Time for them to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's typically a parent. I only have one kid, first. you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, that's typically a parent's first response. And, and even in my novel, when Gloria's mother found out the, about the racial incident, the first thing she said was, come home. Uh, but, but, but fortunately, uh, Gloria uh, had enough support on campus where she stood and uh, uh, fought this incident. And by her staying, she grew not only as a character but as a leader. And uh, getting back to the reflection papers that students typically write about the novel, uh, when I ask them which character impacted them the most, it's Gloria and the growth that she showed throughout this novel because she was like a scared rabbit uh, when this cross-burning incident occurred. But yeah. uh, b- because she stayed there and dealt with the situation and, and tried to uncover why did it happen to her, uh, what did they do wrong, uh, she asked all kinds of reflective questions. But uh, through that experience and then through the students rallying around her, she found her voice and she found her strength. And then she became a, a leader on that campus. So I would never tell students to, we can, we can insulate our kids, but I don't think we should isolate them because they're going to be facing the real world and we've got to prepare them for that. Oh, yeah. I told them, I said, you know, this can't happen just as easy here. It just, uh, yeah. you know, it's happened twice and uh, in one full year there and I said, something's abnormal there. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's unusual, and, and college administrators uh, they have to be held accountable for for that kind of thing happening uh, twice. There has to be more security yeah. measures put in place. Exactly, exactly. They and and you know, but the question is, uh, you know, let's talk about security for a minute. Again, we're talking about isolation. Uh, if you yeah. if you isolate if you isolate the kids by making them too secure. Are you really doing them any good? No. 
And 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 that's that's why uh, when when Dr. Oliver got these kids uh, at this weekend retreat, and he saw the first thing that was happening that they were uh, going into cliques. The white yeah. students were sitting by themselves. The, the female students were sitting by by themselves. The women students and the black students were sitting by themselves. So uh, he broke them up immediately and said, half of your free time has to be spent with someone of a different racial group. And that sort of changed the whole dynamic because now they had to communicate with one another. They were forced to communicate. But out of that, uh, real friendships developed. Uh, They learned about one another's stories. They learned about one another's histories. They became a little bit more tolerant. And I think that's that's an important message for, for our students to learn. Definitely, definitely. <coughs> yeah, they have to have experiences in order to actually grow and learn as as humans, um, and you, these kind of things happen. So you, you gotta you gotta let them know. I know as a young uh, younger uh, as a young child, I had my son actually uh, working with me with wheelchair, you know, wheelchair people who were you know, yeah. say in wheelchairs. Uh, but they mm-hmm. were out there doing sports. You know, they were out there bowling Absolutely. and they were out there doing stuff. And so I had him helping me so that way he would be comfortable around anyone with a wheelchair because, again, these people wanted it to be, you know, the same as anyone else, wanted to go out and Absolutely. do things that were fun. Absolutely. And he learned a lot from that. Yeah. And, and that's a good example because uh, – when, when the campus environment is improved for some students, it's improved for all students. And I often use an example of, of students with disabilities and students in wheelchairs because in the old days, it was very hard for them to open doors. But now they have automated doors where all they have to do is push a button and the door swings open. Now, what that means is that any student with his or her hands full can push that same button and the doors will swing open. So when you improve the environment for disabled students, you also improve it for able students. And the same okay. thing in the 60s when, when they started tutoring programs for minority students, it was soon expanded to include white students. And when they let a critical mass of black students in our colleges for the first time in the late 60s, also, for the first time in the history of this country, many working-class white students were admitted too. So when you improve the environment for some students, you improve it for all students. And, and that's the kind of uh, connection and things that we have in common that I, I try to, to, to get that message through to students. And those are the kinds of lessons that, in the novel, Dr. Oliver is sharing with students. He, he tries to get them to see all the things that they really have in common that they never even thought about. And then once they begin to unravel those things, then they realize how all, all racism is doing is dividing people and it's being used to manipulate people. And if we can get past that, then we can unite and obtain resources and other things that all of us need. And so that's, a, that's an important lesson that I think students need to understand. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I never really considered that. The fact that, you know, just because they're those uh able you know, those devices are there for, for wheelchair accessibility, <coughs> that doesn't mean it doesn't help 
uh, others, you know, who who don't need that particular device. Um, that's something Absolutely. I hadn't really considered before. Yeah, so that's a very good and, point. And, and, yeah, and, and and I think the, the uh, people people will find that those kind of lessons uh, throughout throughout the novel. Okay. Yeah. Now you've written other books, um, so tell us about those right now. I know that they're nonfiction, but you know it doesn't matter because yeah. my my readership is pop culture. They read everything. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I've I've written uh, retention books. Uh, what that does is it helps colleges recruit and retain students. So uh, what what typically happens is that uh, the freshman year is when most colleges uh, lose. Uh, the majority of their students because students still get homesick, they're still undecided, they don't study, they party too hard. For whatever reason, uh, many drop out. Well, my my book helps college campuses uh, address some of those issues. And, and I've got a book uh, on how to uh, uh, sponsor a multicultural retreat, the kind of retreat that this novel was based on well, as a result of that, many people wanted to know, well, how do I facilitate a retreat? Uh, what, what makes up this experience that you talk so, uh, so much about in your, in your novel? So I wrote a book step-by-step step to help uh, colleges who wanted to, to take students on this weekend experience. Uh, here's how to do that. Uh, and, and I've yeah. got, yeah, and I've got uh, book, books dealing with uh, uh, black cultural events like Kwanzaa and and um, Juneteenth, I've, I've got books to help uh, colleges set up a, a, a diversity plan and, and, and also uh, uh, host what I call a diversity institute on wheels. And a diversity institute on wheels is where college campuses uh, take faculty and administrators on a bus uh, to the minority community uh, within their city uh, and engage with community leaders uh, create a dialogue, uh, try to establish some partnerships. But it's more than just a field trip. Even on the bus, there are activities. Uh, there are panels uh, throughout the day. So it's really uh, a whole immersion um, experience. And I've also written, I've written uh, uh, two, uh, two films um, and a children's uh, uh, Children's play, a musical play that I'm trying to get, get placed on a, on cruise ships because I think uh, the message is very powerful and and every time uh, the play is shown to school kids, they just go wild about the play. So I think it has some legs. Wow. Yeah, you know that's just this wonderful thing about uh, creative people. <laughs> yeah, well, that, we, we never yeah. we first stop. There's no yeah. end, is there? Well, yeah. 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 And I'm sure you're, you're you're the same way. So it just, uh, but that's that keeps keeps uh, keeps us going. But I, I like to uh, write. Uh, I like to what I call disrupt the, the the human spirit. And so most of the books that I write, like I said, are for the college and the university market. Uh, and the intent is to help colleges create an inclusive and welcoming climate for everyone. But I do this by focusing on the needs of students of color. And, and I try to get them to understand that diversity benefits everyone. Um, uh, and I try to do this by uh, 
building a bridge that connects our, our, our common uh, interests. And so, right. um, but I, I, I really believe that we need to sort of disrupt the, the, the human spirit and, and, and connect with uh, on, a, on a deeper level. Well, I let you know that, uh, that for those of you who are listening right now, I've got that the uh, link right here on the chat information for his books that go directly to his website, and you can see all the wonderful stuff you've got there. He, he's a busy guy with lots of great information. So you guys have to take a, take a look at his books, and also uh, I also gave you guys a, the link to the blog, and of course we have some wonderful things there from yesterday. So guys, you know, definitely check that out because uh, you know the message, of course, is still strong as ever. And it's always good to be reminded, and that's one reason why you have a Martin Luther King Day. That way, it reminds us, if if not every day, but it reminds us at least once a year uh, that we should be working together as as an entire entire race of humans instead of individual colors. Yep. Couldn't say it better. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> I thank you for that. Yep. That's okay. Uh, so, what's next for you? Where are you going to be well, seeing at? Uh, I'm going to New Orleans in three weeks again to get out of this deep freeze. I'll, I'll be speaking at a <laughs> at a conference down there. I, I speak a lot on on on, on diversity, uh, but I'm also uh, trying to get my novel to be adopted as a common read uh, in college campuses uh, and by uh, reading clubs. And if people adopt the novel as a common read, then what I will do is I will have a, a free Skype call with them, and that is sort of like Skype with the author, and, and I get a chance to discuss uh, the novel uh, with a classroom or with a, a, a book club, uh, and I, I enjoy those, those kinds of um, uh, dialogues. Yeah, technology is a wonderful thing when it works. It sure that's is. That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's a fact. <laughs> Yeah, I say that all the time. <laughs> but today, but today we were lucky, and and it worked for us. We were able to connect, yes. and yes. I'm thankful. Thankful. I'm always thankful to have met people, and because uh, that's again by reaching out and talking to people, you know, beyond our borders, uh, we can we can definitely, you know, I think it enriches our lives uh, I think by so, doing too. so. <laughs> so you get you get around a lot. And you, and you're definitely going to be. Hey, that's a wonderful place to go, you know. Uh, so it's uh, it's 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 kind of nice there right now. I think that they they still have quite a bit of weather down there. Yeah. <laughs> well, unusual, like, like I said, it's much better. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's much better than it is here, and and I just absolutely love that city. And and you're talking about diversity, the, the, not only diversity of people, but food and music. And, oh yeah. You yeah. know, just, just just the lifestyle. It's just it's wonderful. Yeah, sometimes you think, oh, geez, is the same country? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of the older towns uh, in America, and and as such, it, it gets a lot of a lot of interesting uh, folklore with it. So yeah. something that and and I think, as as an author, you go crazy someplace like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and the good news, it's 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 slowly recovering. They, they still have 
you know, a, a, a great deal of work to do there. But uh, the last I was down there last year, and I was down there the year before, and I, and I saw the difference in one year. And so they, they, they are making progress, and people are still coming down, still volunteering, and uh, there's still a lot of outreach that, that's going. But the people who actually live there, they're, they're, in, they're in good spirits, uh, and they feel that they've, are slowly beginning to, 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 to turn the corner and, and uh, uh, getting back. Yeah, they'll never get back to normal, but at least they're, they're getting back to a routine. Well, yeah, you mean they, they lost some important pieces, you know, some important pieces of their heritage there. Absolutely. You know, that's, you're never going to get that, those things back. Um, but they can move forward, and that's, and that's what they have to do. Yeah, no matter where we live, when when things like that happen, we're forever mm-hmm. touched by it. Yeah. Now, P- Patty, can I ask you, what, what city are you in? I actually in Mesa, Arizona. Oh. <coughs> it's about yeah, I, it's about 20 miles from Phoenix. Yeah, I've I've, I've been there. I've I've been to, to Tucson, Phoenix, Mesa. Again, yeah. many many years ago. I'm an I'm an older guy, so. But I've, I've definitely been, been, been. You get around, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's time yeah, well, catching up we, with you. Even not, I'm not. I, I, I'm an older lady too. Is uh mm-hmm. turned fifty, fifty last year, or so uh, sure. I'm up there in age. But that means okay. that I know, you know, I've, I've witnessed a lot of things, and I've, I've already been, right. you know, to all the college stuff, and uh, and of course now I'm at watching my son go through all that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it also means you're, you're, you're wiser. You, you've earned all these battle scars. So uh, there's, a, there's a reason yeah. for this long. So that's true. That's true. You, you you learn from. But then again, I've always been kind of an open-minded person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even in the face of a family who was definitely an older family, uh, you know, from Ohio, you know, they they have their ways, sure. and. Uh, <laughs> That's an older, you know, older country there in Ohio, right. mm-hmm. and uh, they have their ways there, and just not my way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it we, was we it was a good thing to move here. <laughs> yep. And and how long have you lived in Arizona? Oh, geez, I've been here since I was nine. Oh, so you've been so, that that's home. For, yeah. I know, but you see, if I said it, that I was a a native, they 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 would probably tar and feather me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's I all the way it is. No matter how how long you live at a place, if you weren't born there, they, they still consider oh, the old timers. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, your 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 uh, your blood really does thin after being here yeah. so many years. That if you know if I had to go to Ohio and stay this the, the winter there, I would be an icicle when they came to get me. Yeah. So I hear you. yeah. <laughs> but I have people who you know it's like they're complaining because it was like uh, if it gets down to fifty here, you know, and I'm looking, I'm like, hey, you got to be kidding me. I mean, I understand <laughs> that you're cold. <laughs> I understand. You're I would cold, take fifty but... any day right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'd jump for joy. If we could get if we could get thirty, we'd jump for joy. I think it's actually a little bit too warm right now. It's like get you know, it's in the seventies and it's like, you know, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. winter. We're really not yeah. ready for it to be that hot yet. 
I'll, I'll gladly switch with you. <laughs> yeah, most people would. Most people would. Yep. Then I, then people run for the hills during the summer, you know, uh, in April. We got people who, who who rush back, you know, run back to Ohio. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, like I said, I, I, I worked I worked there for for one semester, and it was just too hot. Because when I first moved down there, they said, "Oh yeah, this is a different kind of heat. This is that dry heat. <laughs> that was the hottest <laughs> summer I've ever experienced in my life." That was it for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a dry heat. You can fry eggs on the on the sidewalk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I that was one that drove me nuts when I first moved here too. I said, What do you mean it's a dry heat? I'm sweating up a storm here. <laughs> yes indeed. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh it's been really great great pleasure and privilege to talk to you. And well, thank uh you. Good timing. I think it worked out. It worked out even better in the long run, having uh, been able to speak to you right after Martin Luther King yesterday. So, sure. uh, I wish you all the luck and and just keep it up because you know, uh, again, you know, you just you, you got to keep the mission going. Thank you, and I hope you feel better uh, health wise as well soon. Yeah, it's it's you know it's bronchitis. It just it's just got to go through its course. Sure. Sure. <laughs> But that doesn't stop me from doing whatever I'm going to do. <laughs> no, you're, you're you're providing a great forum for for authors and for writers and publishers. So you you're providing a great service, and I really appreciate the opportunity to just to, to spend this time with you. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, and of course I think you've already done this before, so you know you know the drill. Uh, this yeah. is a, this is recorded, so all those who are listening can listen to it again, or send it okay. to your friends because archive is where I hear I get most of my hits. We have over okay. 73,000 listeners. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to us because um, it wouldn't be worth it today, <laughs> especially on the day like today, um, where I have very little voice. If you, if 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 I can give you guys a voice by being here um, and having you listen is really what it's all about. So thank thank all 73,000 of you. So uh, with that, thanks so much. And and come on right. again when you do you do another book and you come gotta come and see me again, okay? All right, thank you so much, Patty. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Uh that was Dr. Charles Taylor and we're just so happy to have had him today. And um I can see I can hear my voice. This is I've been trying to nurse it all <coughs> all afternoon preparing for today. But um I can say that it's about ready to go out on me. Um, again, I want to remind everyone to be out this weekend. And you're thinking, boy, she's crazy. Here she had 105 temperature last week, and now she's on the radio and doing my thing. And there's just no stopping me. And, of course, this weekend, uh, coming out to my party. <laughs> if you don't come to my party and you don't have an excuse, you know I'm going to find you. So, um, and if, uh, hopefully I'll be walking around at the amazing Comic-Con uh, this weekend, probably on Sunday, um, as I'll be busy on, on Saturday getting ready for the party, getting a party. So, uh, we got, we're going to have alcohol, we're going to have <coughs> some food. So, definitely come on out to the party. Again, is at the Renaissance 
um, right downtown on Adams, 50, 50 east, uh, east, I think. I don't know. East, I think. Uh, but it's, anyway, it's off of Adams. Um, it's right there in the heart of, of Phoenix. And uh, that'll start at 7 o'clock. And we'll go until you run out of food or I kick you all out. <laughs> Again, the sword will be there, so you guys can take a look at it and uh, decide whether or not you're going to bid on that in May. What else do we have going on I wanted to talk about? I'm quite sure we have things. February, February, we've got Tempe's Geeks Night Out. That is on the February 20th, Thursday, from 4.30 to 9.30, or 4.30 to 9, or whatever. I know I'm going to be later than that. <coughs> uh, we've just been approved to, uh, the WAD's going to be out there, um, along with our trebuchet show. If, for those who don't know what trebuchet is, it is a catapult, and it's called the WAD, Weapon of Destruction. And so we will actually have a peace site out there so you guys can, can see it. It'll be all lit up. And I'll have, we'll have our zombie heads there. You guys got to come and take a look at this, and, and you won't believe it until you see it. Um, we took it out on Halloween night, and uh, it was on a flatbed. And we drove it through town. We went right on the freeway with it. <laughs> and we only lost one zombie head. Can you believe it? Um, so... Uh, so you got zombies, we got the lights on it, it's, it's tripped out. So you guys can come out and look. As you, and uh, we'll have the designer there, uh, Don will be there to talk about um, how he uh, how he puts that together. Uh, Tempe's Geek's Night Out is about science fiction, but it's also about science. Um, so with a trebuchet, that's going to be both, obviously, because you can use it um, as a real weapon, um, uh, it shoots off uh, projectiles uh, at, at distances based on its uh, the force or the you know it's one of these one of these physics things. <laughs> Got to have uh, counterweights on it, and of course that's what makes it actually take off and fly. So um, he'll be able to show what that's all about and how he built it. <coughs> In order to be able to take it um, and anywhere, put it together in 20 minutes, and put it back and take it apart in 20 minutes, and put it back into his van. So you want to see that happen? You got to get there earlier. Uh, we'll be setting up around 3:30, I think. So if you want to see him actually put together a trebuchet in 20 minutes, then have to come out and take a look at that. So Tempe nights out on the February 20th. <coughs> Uh, another issue of the WAD newspaper is going to be out this week. Actually, I'm going to be finishing that up uh, by tomorrow, and we we'll, should get the PDF up for on on our Facebook page pages um, tomorrow evening sometime. So, uh, if you have any anybody else has anything they want to put in, you better hurry up and do so. So, get a hold of me. You know where to find me. And if you don't, chat me out on Facebook. <coughs> pj.holtstrand, H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D, or look up the WAD. There really is only one. But it's a big one. It's a big WAD. 
So, uh, this is KWAD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrom signing out for the day. And I hope to see my voice. I will have another interview next week. And we're getting back into our motive of... uh, And, of course, I've got a lot of interviews to do this weekend. So, i got to save my voice for the next few days. You guys have a wonderful week. I'll see you at their amazing Arizona Comic Con.